Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Welcome back to Fright School. Hello, Joe. Hello, Joshua. Ah, it's good to see you again. It is good to be seen Here by we you. Are. Another week. Yes. We're deep into September. October is right around the corner. Knocking. Halloween is nigh. It's nigh, but a month away. August 1st. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I posted a while ago, a few weeks ago, that I got the uh, the Hocus Pocus set. Lego set. The yes. house, the Sanderson sister Not house. the actual Hocus Pocus set for your backyard. <laughs> I wish. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't you love that if you walked down to the backyard and it was just the set of Hocus Pocus? Just yes. the house and the swampland or whatever it is around there. You come out and you're like, boo. But anyways, the point was is that I, I posted that I got that lego set because i've been very excited that they did that finally it had been a lego ideas thing for a while i think Mm -hmm. i think she tried a couple times the woman who designed it (laughs) no the lego ideas where people create yes yes okay kathy and jimmy yes exactly (laughs) kathy and jimmy spends her free time designing lego sets of the films that she's been in Uh, you know what everyone (laughs) needs a hobby a hobby (laughs) Anyways, the point is that, yes, I posted that when I got that was back in August. That now it was the first day of Halloween until and Halloween starts then until uh, Thanksgiving Day. But then little Matt Kelly over there from Horror Movie Night and At what's all. the other one? <laughs> White People Problems? White People Problems. That's the one? That is that, the one. <laughs> that you may find two familiar voices on. <laughs> yeah. G- gave a little pushback because he's, I need two months for Christmas. <laughs> Which we're going to oblige, but it's okay. Because usually I I say Halloween is from like whenever I decide in August until Halloween day or until Thanksgiving day. Then it picks back up on the day after Thanksgiving until Christmas day. (laughs) That's all Halloween. (laughs) But we're going to begrudge Matt a little Christmas because he needs a little Christmas. Right this very Very minute. minute. That's a quick musical moment for MAME. Uh, for this episode. It's, come on, Mame. Are you my bosom? We are. Yes, I love it. <laughs> the Angela Lansbury version, not the Lucille Ball right. movie version. Yeah, I do prefer the Angela Lansbury, the original cast recording from mm-hmm. Mame. What were we talking about? Oh, Halloween is nigh. Yes. yes. So at our back doors. We are deep into September here. Nudge wink. So it's interesting though, because this time of year in San Diego, as is probably true for a lot of places that are like summer mm-hmm. destination kind of towns mm-hmm. or touristy town. I was in a ride share recently. Yes. And <laughs> I was chatting with the woman driving and she was talking about how she likes this time of year because all the tourists go <laughs> go away. Yes. Back to Arizona. The zonies <laughs> the that zonies. they call them. I whatever. I have nothing against uh, or how, whatever the word is for them. Awful. Uh, Arizonans? Would that be what it is? Because we're like Californians. Are they Arizonians? No, they're backwards <laughs> and need to go back to where they came from. <laughs> Texans. Ohioans. Anyway, it's not the point. You're, you're trying to wait for it to not be N, right? Like, yeah. I was trying to, uh, New Yorker. Not the point. Oh, there you go, New Yorker. That's different. But you wouldn't yeah. say Arizona. <laughs> So, the, the zonies go back. All right. That's what it is. Yeah. So it was just funny because I was thinking about that. And then, of course, today we're talking about an invasion film. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it does. There are 
you know, those months where we do get a little invaded. So it is, it, it, she was talking about that, about how they were all going back and like the, the tourist like season ending, but now it's school. So now everybody who like, that's from those same places sure. that wants to go to school out here is now flooded, particularly my backyard here mm-hmm. is just stock full of happy young people just beginning their lives. <laughs> I, I happen to be passing by your area Near, uh-huh. near the college campus that's near A little us. more thing? What no, do you mean? I was on my way home from mm. an event, and okay. I really wanted some Hawaiian food. Ah. So I went to L&L, but I didn't realize there's an L&L that's just opened yeah. up like right over here, so much closer to you, and by extension, the college campus that's nearby. And I went there, and I completely forgot that, like, a school's back in session. B, it's like week. It's like the second or third week of, so that people are. It was a Friday night, also. Oh man, and it was packed. I went because it was also like that place didn't close until ten, and it was already like quarter to nine, and most uh, of the other yeah. places closed at nine. So I was like, okay, I'll just go there, and I went, and there were like packs roaming in packs. The young gen alpha males and i just remember i'm like oh my god this is such a thing because it's they're walking around they're like wiping their nose with their shirts but like lifting the front of their shirts up exposing their full belly and i'm like what is happening <laughs> what is going on here and i'm like here's the thing they're all like what 17 18 19 so it's not anywhere close to being attractive but i did have a core memory unlocked for me where i was a middle school budding queer youth yeah and one of the cute skater boys doing the same thing and i was like is this just something that presumably the cishet men do i i don't know i guess probably it's it's also a fat thing because you can do that and not feel like you are polluting the visual landscape with the front of your body <laughs> wow that was quite a way to put it wow Where, so uh, she went there so, didn't she uh, no nope take that hat off is there i feel like that that was really pointed did somebody send i'm that already to paying you? for one therapist did I somebody send that two. to you on an app did somebody send that to you say you are polluting the visual landscape <laughs> Is this an internal monologue that you've had since you were a child? What is happening here? Something wrong in your life. Wow. I I was trying to do a bit and it stayed real. (laughs) Yeah. That was some intense dialogue. I love it. Okay. Anyways. I'll play this clip for my therapist at our next session. I love it. And I'll be like, okay. See, this is what I'm dealing with. Let's unpack this. Yeah, but anyway, so I'm on the campus almost every day now because Mm -hmm. I walk over there from my house to take the trolley down to my classes or to work and at the clinic. Look at her, always at the clinic. (laughs) Exactly, the (laughs) behavioral health clinic. But yeah, so it's it's just freaky because yeah, they're all back. It's like the campus is crawling with young, happy people. They're all dressing like it's the 90s, which Mm -hmm. is really freaky to me because it's weird. And again, it's not, I think the thing that's really weird is that it's not like a nostalgic lens version, it feels. Like some of the stuff I'm seeing these kids wearing looks like the stuff I wore in 
middle school and when I was like fifth, sixth, seventh grade. It's unironic. It's not. Yeah, it's they went to their parents' closet and found their old mom jeans and their flannels and are like wearing them. It's very, mm-hmm. it's weird because it's how you see stuff that's like a pastiche of the eighties or yeah. the ninety or or the seventies or something like that. And it's that's not really what it looked like. Yeah. But this it's like. There are some things that you're like, that's obviously inspired by, but some of the outfits, I'm just like, wow, like thrift store buys might be back. Maybe that's where they're getting all their clothes from like people my age finally get, getting rid of it. You know? Like, I, I'm never going to fit in these corduroy <laughs> pants. Ever these Jinko jeans. These Jinko jeans. I, so it's very weird. It's just, yeah. I can't like help but also look at what I see on TikTok and also when I used to work on a college campus and just be like, wow, like 90s chola style is mm-hmm. back for everybody, not just for women, like for everybody. It's just high-waisted jeans with a crop top or that you see a little bit of the midriff, but it's not, but you see the midriff, but no belly button. Yeah. Like we're all Kyle XY, like we've all not been born. We've yeah. been made. We're all golems. Yeah, it's very, yeah, it's very interesting. One thing that I had totally forgot about that these fucking kids don't have to deal with, they can dress like it's the 90s all they want. They don't have to fucking deal with scratches on their CDs because they don't know what a fucking (laughs) CD is, first of all. Yeah, can you imagine having that could into the ether? No, I'm so glad that I was like before that. And even when I first was getting on Facebook, like I never used it that way. Like I see some posts that sometimes I'm like, ugh, why did I write that? But it's usually like political stuff that I'm like, oh, I didn't yet understand this thing or that thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't have stuff that I'm like embarrassed by that much sure. in not, the way that there's like, no Hillary's emails in <laughs> no, your, you're not like, a, you're not a truth. You're not a Obama birther. Like no, just like maudlin, like teenage bullshit that like you see these kids like doing on like TikTok and stuff like that. What song lyrics did you put on your MySpace? That's all I want to know. Music was always important to me. So I always was changing it. The songs sure. changed all the time. Like as I found new things, especially back then, it was a lot of Madonna and gay shit like that. Yeah. It took oh. a while before I got into the really like more obscure strange things that I would post now if I was a teenager now with the music taste I have who knows I'd probably be in trouble all the time and be like what is wrong with this child Um, but no I was thinking about that the other day because I had totally forgotten it's not and it's wild to me like totally forgetting like the experience of like CDs and like having Mm -hmm. them scratched yeah. was just something I forgot about. And I was reminded of it. I can't remember what it was. I was watching, it was probably some video that I watched on Instagram that some, or I watched on Facebook that somebody posted from Instagram that was actually created on TikTok or something like that. The Millennial know. Pipeline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Millennial Pipeline. I love it. But yeah, somebody mentioned something about it. Oh, no, I remember what it was. It just came to me. Trixie. Trixie Mattel did a video where she was mm-hmm. getting ready to go see, to go DJ a club where Aqua was playing. Oh, yes. And uh-huh. she was talking about how Aqua Marine was like her first CD and it mm-hmm. scratched so she could only listen to the first six songs. And I was like, oh, it brought back like a flood of memories of like CDs that I have, that, or actually I do still have some of them around, but ones that were scratched and it was just a, a thing that I totally forgot about because I haven't bought like a CD to listen to because even if I go to a small show mm-hmm. and buy a CD to support the artist sure. 
I never actually listen to it. Like I'll have them sign it or whatever. Yeah. And then I just, you know, it's just part of the music collection, but I'm going to go and listen to it on Apple or because the streams whatever. actually help them more. No one's, I feel like the streams and the data, the numbers of well, getting them. Yeah. Streams yeah. and stuff. It's not, they're not really getting paid off that. That's a whole other, that is going to be it. That is the next big, I think if musicians, especially indie small musicians are smart. Oh, the next big strike. Yeah. They'll fucking get behind this streaming bullshit. But yeah, it was just one of those things. Just the, I had this memory where I was like, wow, how did I forget at that? Yeah, there was once a time where it's, I cannot listen to this music because it is scratched. <laughs> That's not really a or thing. Or I have to go buy. Like, yeah. Now it's just, oh shit, I better download these if I'm going to be in like a Wi-Fi-less yeah. area. Like I never, I have such vivid memories of not touching the center of physical pictures so you don't get their fingerprints on it. Mm-hmm. But the same thing with CDs. Making sure to be really careful about your CDs. And it's such a big deal to get the CD player that had anti-shock or like shock-resistant technology. Yes. So you could walk with it. Because you could walk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it like records like 30 seconds or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Crazy. So crazy. And even like CDs or DVDs that are... It's like most everything... Like I keep some, you know, for... I don't know, because I'm a hoarder. But because some of it's autographs, some of it's special edition stuff, some of it's hard to find or isn't streaming. But most stuff I can find streaming. Even if I'm going to watch a movie that I own, I'm just like, well, I'll just find it on... Because the the stuff in like, yeah. like the some I stuff think. it depends. Because I actually really miss that '90s sheen of things. I mm-hmm. love watching a '90s, but I do wish that I had VHS a VCR, player. a VHS player, yes, yeah, so I could watch movies the way they used to look. Because mm. even like the, the remasters and things, it's cool and all just to see a, a movie like made. or polished up or whatever. Fine, especially because like our TV sometimes, if you do watch a movie. It can look weird. It can look almost grainy if it hasn't been formatted or whatever, remastered. But sometimes I just miss that. I like to watch a movie because the way it like it looks like my childhood in that way, like mm-hmm. 80s and 90s, just this weird. It's almost like what my memories are like. <laughs> I have the sheen over them. Anyways, so yeah, that's what's been going on. I like that here. as a device for a movie where it's like, some millennial reflecting on their 90s childhood and then when you go back into the memory it looks like yeah it looks like that they filmed it on like film yeah and and it's like certain directing style certain choices certain Mm -hmm. like ways that cinematography like things just as any thing progresses and more people get involved and add to it it's a good thing yeah the art of cinema yes but yeah just sometimes i miss i miss the way things looked so are you like trying to hide your cell phone in my bookcase? I don't understand what's going on. I'm like trying to like clandestinely swipe on Tinder in my <laughs> in the little thing here. No, I just like I'm trying to keep like if can I see it uh, and see like the notes that I have and yeah. the, the little articles that I have pulled up. Yeah, so you don't have to hold it. Yeah, exactly. I don't have this little fancy setup that you have. This is famously podcasts or visual medium. Like you have a little lap desk, your little laptop. <laughs> But this not quite where you put your, your phone, your eye. Like you are fully set up to host. Yeah. Look at you. She Would can you host. like me to get another one? Would you like this? I can put one over there for you that way. Uh, no, because again, things like that don't work when you have, when you cloud the visual. <laughs> when <laughs> pollute. you pollute. But as they say pollute. No, I like that better. Yeah, better see, positive. As I become Instead more of pollute. Because when you have the, the Eve who has been on this show, we used to have this running joke. She was she's also a big girl. 
and we used to have this running joke where every time something would happen where like we couldn't fit because our belly would get in the way we would just shake it and be like what's wrong with you you ruined everything Am I revealing more? So much violence yes. against yourself. <laughs> but we would, with things like that, it's difficult to like, because if your lap, there's stuff already on I my see. lap. I see. I there's see. There's something see. very big on no, my lap you know what? You're right. That was insensitive of me. But it's okay. recognize. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not going to cancel you, Joshua. <laughs> Uh, all right well that is enough uh fooling around for the day so we are going to take a really quick break and we will be back to discuss 1998's the faculty all right well meanwhile in new jersey so marissa what talking points do you want to hit on in this week's episode well jackie let's talk about how the film addresses the patriarchy Ooh, and representation of marginalized people. Ooh, ooh, and even philosophical ramifications of good versus evil and horror. We can point out the triangle boobs, talk about the blood splatter, and oh, the practical effects. <sighs> um, and also the male gaze. My gaze at the males. hi From feminism to fangirling, the Jersey Ghouls cover all the bases of horror from a woman's perspective. New episodes are uploaded every other Sunday. Just search Jersey Ghouls to find us on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Wrapping up our back to school little mini marathon here. We started with Talk to Me and then we did the delightfully cult classic prom night. (laughs) And now here we are with (laughs) La Faculty. 1998. Gosh, I I was actually just a few days into my 14th birth, into my 14th year. When this came out, because this was released December 25th, 1998, and my birthday was the 17th. So I would have been 14 for the whole week, which again, it's always risky. Like, not every movie released around the holidays that's a horror film can be successful. You have The Exorcist, you have The Faculty. Hocus Pocus, right, was released in December? No, No, Hocus Pocus came out in July. That was July, yeah. Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with Disney? And release it, like, Hocus Pocus in July, this new Haunted Mansion, which I did go see. I thought it was cute. We'll chat about that sometime. But why release these movies in the summer? So dumb. I get it. They probably don't want to necessarily compete. But the Haunted Mansion or Hocus Pocus is not going to fucking compete with Halloween or Saw. People are True. The people who are going to see either of those movies would either go to both or we'll go to the one they would go to. I feel like Haunted Mansion, though, it's probably released now so that way they can get it in the public consciousness. So that way when you actually get to the Haunted Mansion in, like, when the Halloween stuff happens. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. You know. It's just weird because I don't think it did very well. And I, I I can't really say whether I thought the story was good or not. We'll like Again, we can talk about it sometime mm-hmm. in the future. Just because I don't think I'm a good judge of what makes a good Disney movie. <laughs> we saw it. It was cute, fun. I'm like, hey, this was a good time. I'm sad Tiffany it's getting Haddish panned. And, oh, and apparently. Yeah, but I get, or not panned, but I just don't think it did as well as they were hoping. But again, neither did Hocus Pocus and it became like a cult classic, but they also released it. Anyways, not the point. The point is The Faculty. So 1998... Definitely firmly sci-fi slash horror kind of film. Directed by Robert Rodriguez, which is cool. With a screenplay. The story is from David Wechter and Bruce Kimmel, but Kevin Williamson, who wrote Scream, did the screenplay and helped zhuzh it a bit. I think the words I read were make it a little more hip. Yes. <laughs> By 1998 standards. Let's see. It's um, a film about uh, a high school experiencing an alien invasion. There you go. That's what it's about. Now, Joe, what, what did you think of the faculty? If you, if this was, 
it feels like this was a Florida high school because the governor of Florida certainly thinks all the high schools are experiencing an invasion. <laughs> Critical race theory. and Yeah. Anyway, sorry, not to get political on your ass, but I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Would watch again. It was the right amount of... It was the right amount of camp and actual horror the visuals still hold up it was really fun a lot of oh my god this person's in it yeah it was so much fun it had a couple of my own personal heartthrobs in there it was delightful would watch again personal heartthrobs like who josh hartnett who was serving full twink angst Maybe not. Not kind of twunky, I guess. It would be a little twunky. No, serving full twink angst would be Elijah Wood. (laughs) Yes, he's very twinker. Yeah, good for them. I also love that we get like a pre-Fast and Furious Jordana Brewster. Right, yeah. You were really, when she came on the screen, you were like, look at her. She looks different. I was like, I don't even know what else she was in, but I've never watched. Fast and the Furious. Yeah, I guess if you don't watch those movies, you don't know who she is. Yeah, it was so nice to see her in something that wasn't about cars flying in space or whatever. Cars going fast. Cars that, you know, fast and uh, furiously. Clea Duvall, just a lovely cast, great fun film. Made me not miss high school one bit. Yeah, it was good. It's probably one of my favorite, because I've sincerely never seen it. Yeah. And little clips here and there over the years, but... I think when Josh Hartnett rips out the blade from the paper cutter, I was like, iconic, because that's literally (laughs) the scene that I've seen a couple times and what they show when Josh Hartnett is in the media. Ah, beautiful. Yeah, it's a nice little moment. I think it's his voice. His voice really does it for me. (laughs) I never, like thought I never got into Josh Hartnett. He's a bit Cro-Magnon looking. (laughs) And not in the way that, like, and also, I guess this says stuff about me, too, because I don't mind that look when it's, oh, fuck, his name just left me. Hellboy actor. Ron, Ron Perlman. Because <laughs> he's a bit cavemanish looking, too. But I don't mind the way he looks. But I just never got into Josh Hartnett. Remember, what was that movie that he made with the flower where he and the girl rubbed the flower all over Oh, each my other? God. 40 Days and 40 Nights. <laughs> Sex for Lent. I saw that movie in the theater. Why? I went with friends and I just laughed hysterically through the whole thing. I thought it was like, this is so dumb. But they all had like things for him. I went, but... Anyways, where he like makes her orgasm by blowing a like orchid leaf around her labia. (laughs) I don't even remember her vulva. It's been so long, but I remember the I remember there being a flower scene. Instead of having sex, we're just gonna rub this flower all over each other. I wanted him to do the same to me. Yes, I'm sure you did. Um, (laughs) I'm sure every time you walk past a vase of flowers when you were a teenager, (laughs) where's Josh Hartnett? Where the fuck is Josh Hartnett? (laughs) I also really like this movie. I, it mm-hmm. gets a little... I, I think it's one another one of those movies that in retrospect is better than we gave it credit for when it first yes. came out. Uh-huh. And it still remains middling like most... I, I feel like most horror films. If you can get like a five or a six on Rotten Tomatoes, you're probably doing okay. Because people either really hate something or they really like something. It keeps you, know, you right in the middle with reviews. But I think it's fun. It does what Kevin Williamson did for the slasher movie and Scream. Sure. We get that same kind of uh, perspective here on invasion anxiety films. And I just Mm -hmm. think it does a, I think it actually does like something really fun with 
a lot of the tropes. Like this is very Breakfast Club, very John Hughes in sure. some ways. You have these very um, archetype. I mean, he's not like breaking too new a ground with the the immediate visuals. But then, of course, you find out different things like, oh, the goth girl likes football and the captain of the football team wishes people didn't, you know, he's play like he doesn't want to play anymore because uh, he wants to actually do academically, but he doesn't have to actually work hard if he stays the, you know, so he adds a little bit of complexity yeah. to them as, as the movie He's not goes just on. a jock. He's a smart jock. Right, exactly. He's a smart jock. Yeah, she's not a lesbian. She's a, actually a regular normal girl. <laughs> just, but just so upset by no. alienation that she has to, and so afraid of alienation that she creates alienation yeah. in herself yeah, as, a, as like a protector, which I totally identify with. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I g- control the narrative, girl. If people suck and you have to like figure out a way, hey, I'm going to make a rumor that I'm a lesbian. Not, I can't say that's a great plan, but she's controlling the narrative yeah. as best she can, which can be a good way to survive. But one of the big influences in this, which is a film that we haven't actually watched, and I now I'm like, okay, we're going to have to go back and watch that. We're going to have to do that sometime, is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Because it's mentioned Mm -hmm. a few times. And we, I think the more obvious thing that you've watched that's influencing this is The Thing. Yes. This has even like the head slithering around. It's very reminiscent. And some of the alien scenes with the body parts or wiggly tentacly things. I was going to say even the wiggly tentacly things. Yes, that's the technical term. Wiggly tentacly things reminds me uh, a lot of the thing. But uh, the big influence I think is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And I, I think they do a really good job. And the other kind of fun thing about this movie is something that I guess we're experiencing right now is that even an invasion can't wake people up. <laughs> it's like they're just like going about their lives in the end like this alien invasion happened and they're like so much has changed but like nothing's changed at all because it's because <laughs> again it's that did it really happen yeah of course but even like the rest of the day it's just we can go back to there isn't like a huge existential like in mm-hmm. a way that's almost a comment like i was reading some reviews of the film talking about how that critique at the end, like when we talked about mm-hmm. Beetlejuice, are the things where at the end, Clea Duvall's character is very normy, and Josh Hartnett's character, who was like the outlaw drug dealer guy, is now part of the football team and like maybe dating a teacher. I don't know. Uh, he's a confusing. super, so he's at least. Yeah, yeah, they do make that comment. But, anyways, people go into these new roles, except like the geek is now like the hero and dating the hot girl, of course. So yeah. it's like ev- everybody. It gives this idea that everything is, that's what they wanted at the whole time was to Mm -hmm. like be normal and be changed. And, but then when he makes that comment at the end about how different things are, like the bullies are still like ramming some kid into the flagpole and the whole town is returned to exactly what it was, which wasn't good to begin with. Like this conformity, like Uh, kind of hierarchy, clicky. I see football town where like nothing else can get funding (laughs) only the football like it starts out that way which is also very dark the 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 opening of the film is like a board meeting or whatever a school meeting where it's no funding for anything but sports because this is a sports town so it's just very i don't know i just think it's a lot more dark and nihilistic than the ending hints at because it is it's like the stasis has returned that Mm -hmm. even an alien invasion couldn't really shake up this ingrained sure. kind of what you were talking about earlier about how the kids are like all the same. Is this just a thing we do? Yeah. It's just like, we're stuck 
mm-hmm. and comfortable in this. So it just made me think like the other day or a few, gosh, I don't even know, weeks ago now, months ago. Oh, the U.S. government, there's alien. We have biologic material and non-human. Like this whole conversation, it doesn't really disrupt us. We're just like, ah, whatever. Can you explain this a little bit to me? Because I was actually on Guam and it wasn't a big deal. <laughs> no one was talking about it. I know. It's the same. Nobody was talking about it. Like I saw some posts about like have we just been men in black exactly yeah i i don't know i really i don't understand what's happening i somewhere there was some kind of speaking before congress and there were like headlines like congress admits that there might be ufos and they have recovered human non-biologic material or non-human biologic material which again could be an animal could literally be anything. anything it's like are they really putting this headline out so that we all ignore all the other bullshit that they're doing? <laughs> what is the story? Because, yeah, a meteor could crash here with some kind of goo on it that could have yeah. a life form, some carbon-based thing. But The plot of the first Power Rangers movie. There you go. But it doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't mean intelligent, organized life in the way that we think of it uh, but anyway so it was like a story for two seconds and then it went away and i was just like I, this is so strange to me so it just left me befuddled and i have so much going on with other stuff that like anybody else i'm like i don't i can't even stop to really think about did the government admit to there being like fucking aliens or mm-hmm. something i have no idea are you looking it up yeah i am looking it up <laughs> i hold i'm totally looking it up the key takeaways from the house subcommittee hearing followed a surge in public interest in Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, UAPs. Go. The key takeaways are whistleblower testimonies were presented, but they did not significantly change the basic understanding of UFOs. Claims of recovered alien bodies and crashed extraterrestrial spaceships were discussed, as well as an alleged violent plot to conceal this information. The hearing also focused on government transparency regarding UFOs and UAPs. Despite the attention and testimonies, the hearing did not provide conclusive evidence or a breakthrough in understanding the phenomenon of UFOs. The topic remains a subject of ongoing interest and investigation. Granted, I did search this on the search engine that uses AI, so it could also be the AI feeding it back to us. fucking with you. Yeah, fucking with me. Oh, I don't know. It's like we've seen so much and so many insane things and the government just we have like political figures that can be filmed on camera saying stuff and they go, no, I never said that. And people go, "Okay, yeah, fine. Sure. And Mm -hmm. just keep it moving. It's we just. Yeah. And that's the thing about that's the thing about the media and saying things in the public space. But because it only really matters if you've been sworn, right? If you've sworn, if you're giving sworn testimony in yeah. court or before Congress, because perjury is a crime. That's the only time when lying is punishable <laughs> by something. Otherwise, we're just being gaslit into believing yeah. that what we literally just watch is not real. Yeah, and now with AI, it's just going to make things even worse. So my point is that this movie, like, I think almost predicts like just the banality mm-hmm. of life it's just can't be disrupted even by alien <laughs> they're talking about it obviously at the end and they're just like hey thanks for saving us but yay back to football back to normal not like we were mm-hmm. attacked and turned into like pod people by this weird hydrophilic alien creature <laughs> i also wonder if any of the people who were 
who were possessed or possessed, who were infected or who were hosts of the aliens, if they remember any of it. I don't know, because it seems like that, like Clea Duvall's character, like they would think. But would they know, they know that they weren't themselves, but would they know what they did? Um, and yeah, also to like, Famke Janssen's like head comes clean the fuck off. Yeah. And then we see her at the end, like coyly waving, which could be also like, yeah, he saved her life. Yeah, she like the creature was able to put its her head back, back on, together. heal it, and then yeah, she was able to become a normal person again. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying it's a perfect movie. There's obviously lots of things that make you go, "What? What happened just then? What was that all about?" Huh? <laughs> but I do. It's we just again. It's just such a. I think it's a very classic alien invasion story they mm-hmm. you using teenagers gives it like it's barely subtext this idea of being a teenager feeling alienated mm-hmm. feeling pressure to conform this alien species that comes it's very if you can just take out your brain and not think you could be happy which is a, a, a message that feels very much relevant to the world we live in like mm-hmm. conform keep calm keep shopping everything's fine like keep calm and carry on so there's like this message that's always been in these sorts of i think of did you ever see disturbing behavior mm. okay i have to add that to the list I think it came out around the same time either 98 99 90, 2000 somewhere around there the same thing it's because in a way the this is the aliens always remind me of the stepford wives as well and sure. that's what disturbing behavior is like where they are reprogramming their children to be like stepford like perfect but the process they're using actually makes them very violent and angry they discover so this is similar where it's like they're all conforming to one like consciousness almost sure. of no pain, no everything. It's like the promise of conformity, right? Of safety. Yeah. But apparently that like makes you look snatched though, because like <laughs> you get a better wig, you get right. fashion, <laughs> yes. you know, like. Yeah. And that, again, that's another thing that doesn't make any sense because it's, oh, you don't feel like you just feel good and feel happy and like. You don't have to fight or anything. Remember, she gives that speech at the end. Of, no. On my planet, everybody gets along. They are, I guess, as they're something. Well, yeah. Everyone gets along because they have no autonomy because you control what it is that they right. are doing. That it's That is such an existential kind of horror. Mm-hmm. The idea that we really don't have free will. We mm-hmm. don't really have a choice. Like We all are behaving in ways that are like predicted, mm-hmm. predictable. We don't have any real control. And as long as you are willing to punch the clock and go home, you'll be fine. It's very, or maybe it's just me. That's like terrifying. (laughs) Like the fact that the computer, like the algorithms and stuff, like that shit predicts shit. It knows who we are. And Uh, Joshua, about that? (laughs) My existential dread. My optimistic nihilism. Yes. As I've been trying to rebrand it. You've never only a couple of episodes see but i think i would like it i just i think you would i really do think you would like it in season three of westworld they actually talk like the whole episode is about trying to destroy a like computer a supercomputer ai that does predict uses the use has some algorithm that it uses in order to predict people's futures to the point where it like it can predict whether or not like to the day when someone if and what someone's going to die from or predict if they're going to be homeless or not homeless a criminal or whatever and so that's like the central tenet of the whole season is that they are trying to give people their free will back 
Yeah. Because it's like, what? so yes, it can predict with accuracy on the current path, but then if there's no inter, but it doesn't account for that intervention. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like, I, it's, I like things that play with that idea of mm-hmm. what is, what choice sure. does actually exist. Because there are a lot of choices you're not allowed to make in this society. Yeah. Um, or at least that will greatly impact your freedom. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess what I really like is from the AV Club, they did an analysis, which I think is really good. Obviously, there can be some pushback to this movie because the there's a central message that, hey, do drugs. Because <laughs> they may save you from an alien invasion, right? There's that kind of... Mm-hmm. Which seems, especially for this time, for this movie being released at Christmas, <laughs> like it had all the makings to be a really successful yeah. movie. You have a lot of faces, a lot of known people. Mm-hmm. And from things that, again, this movie is even inspired by or pulling from, like you've got Piper Laurie from Carrie. What's his face from like Terminator? Another yeah, kind of Patrick. idea of this sort of advanced creature. Just tons of references to other movies and things like that that are like, it's primed for a teenage audience mm-hmm. who could like, totally plug into this movie and then it's yeah we gotta do drugs and Mm -hmm. have fun and just let people tweak man just let them get their fucking tweak on let them so i could see where like conservatives would be like upset about this and it's so the conservative assessment misunderstands what the film is trying to do this is from the av club it's not showing how trials and tribulations can help misguided kids come to their senses and join the system. It's saying there is no outside the system to begin with. The entire structure of school, the kids within it, according to this interpretation, is destined to repeat over and over. The same cliques, prejudices, cruelties, impersonal forces of pain that mistreated our protagonists so badly in the first place. These characters can't see beyond themselves far enough to realize the world hasn't improved. They're just occupying different places in it. And then this, uh, yeah, this mentions the uh, uh, bullies ramming another kid into the flagpole crotch first Mm. as part of the visual. At the end. At the end. And it's part of the visual story that's happening. So it's not actually discussed. It's just something that's shown. And so it's the film suggests that things haven't changed at all. Appearances may shift, but the underlying structure remains untouched. There's no success here. Things aren't better for having saved the world from alien invasion. (laughs) I think that's actually a fun way to interpret the ending, that it's not as Mm -hmm. happy as it appears. Yeah. So other things, obviously I mentioned like the Carrie and the Breakfast Club, the thing. These are sorts of easily homages that are happening in the film. That's the word I'm looking for. I also think, I wonder if this movie getting made is maybe why. So Christopher Pike, who's a YA author I really liked, wrote a book called Monster, which this reminds me a lot of. Mm -hmm. It's about, or not, I don't know why I say, but it's about a high school where the jocks and the cheerleaders become infected by a water parasite (laughs) and turn into monsters and start eating and killing people. Mm -hmm. And I was always like, man, they should make this into uh, a movie because it's actually a really fun story. The the way it's constructed, I I think Mm -hmm. it's really interesting. Very, very body snatchers, of course, but the source of the aliens is really interesting. And the type of alien, there's like a vampire monster bird bat thing i don't know it's really it's interesting visually and in rewatching the faculty today i was like oh, maybe this is why because it's a lot like that story uh, which again is a lot like invasion of the body snatchers and like the robert heinlein puppet masters that she talks about in the that clea Duvall's character discusses in the movie but it was just another thing that i was saying there, like man this there's so many things in this movie that remind me of being like a teenager in the 90s i will say the one 
big thing this gave us was that pen drug trick because we saw this movie and did that shit. (laughs) (laughs) My friends would get those white Bic pens that, not the clear ones like in this movie, but the white ones, and do the same thing. Clip them off and fill them with uh, powder to carry around school. (laughs) Like um, painkillers or whatever. Uh, When I was in, I think I've told this story before, when I was a teenager in my freshman and sophomore year, the big thing was coracidin, cold and flu, like taking like, tons of that stuff or snorting oh. like pill forms of like cough medicine or you know you break them up and snort sure. them so it was like stuff like that did your school do that no no <laughs> but i remember um, this seeing this movie with friends and going that is a great fucking idea <laughs> no i did learn how to hide smoking a cigarette in plain sight though oh yeah that's it's how you hold it mm. you hold it in such a way where it just looks like you're like when you put it up to your mouth, you look like you're just uh, brushing your nose, but then you turn away and stuff. Oh. I never smoked. I didn't smoke. I don't smoke cigarettes. Of course not. I, even then, <laughs> I'm a good girl. I'm a clean teen. Yeah, but I did. That's hilarious. A clean teen. She's a clean teen. Our Tracy's a clean teen. Yes. Yeah, but in rewatching this, I was like, oh man, we're fucking. And see, it, it would be better if it didn't have. I guess because it's a movie, right? It visually, it makes sense to actually show the powder in there. Yeah, of, because yeah, it comes. It comes into play in the big moment. And speaking of the big moment, where you realize that Mary Beth is actually <sighs> the queen mother of the aliens. I did not see that coming at all. Really? Yes. I don't remember when I first saw this if I thought it was her or not. I I don't think so. I I was probably surprised. By I it. was convinced that it was Robert Patrick the whole t- the, the as the queen mom. Oh, the coach. But that's who you're shown, so. Yeah, but see, it's so funny because I can watch something like this and not think I'm going to get surprised by something. Yeah. But then we're in Spiral, and within 10 minutes of watching Spiral, I guess the rest of the film correctly. Yeah. So it's just, No, I heard when it was revealed it was her, you were like, what? (laughs) I was like, oh, I actually got you. Because I'm sitting there watching it like, oh, man, it's so obvious that it's her. Because she's like an alien through the movie like her the way she talks her like accent and yeah. she's the new girl from like some other place it's all it's a very vague yeah be blonde everyone yes. is not very blonde except for her if you, yeah have you noticed yeah. that she's very like pasty white you know yeah um she glows in the dark she's so white uh, right uh <laughs> yeah so she's so white she uses mayo for sunscreen exactly <laughs> So watching it, I was like, oh, man, Joe's going to, like, guess this. Because now, no idea. you know. know. Yeah, that was great. I was really surprised because you did. You were like, what? And again, it's that. It's look at that. The It plays with those expectations because you're thinking this apple pie Mm -hmm. slice of Americana girl couldn't be some alien queen. And uh, she is a, she are. Yes. But, and representing a very specific kind of idealization of what Mm -hmm. people should be. And then she's like the queen infecting everybody. It makes, it just adds to that idea that we were talking about with the structures in place for conforming to society and things that teenagers it's just like in your DNA they'll think you're so different from everybody else and alienate when this is or mm-hmm. to feel alienated when this high school, like anybody watching this at just about probably any time, anywhere in mm-hmm. America, in the States, 
can go, oh, yeah, that's like what my high school is like. I know that guy and I know that person. It like speaks to a very specific existence that, again, we're all like aware of. We're all aware of this like systemic structures in place. Yeah. But we can't do anything about it because we're trapped. Um, we're brainwashed. But Elijah Wood's dad in this. Elijah Wood. Yeah. Christopher McDonald, maybe. So, yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. While you look that up, yeah. he is like grounding. Christopher they're, McDonald. They're yeah. going through his like room and they're taking all his stuff. And what do they take? They take his phone, his music, his internet, and his mm-hmm. porno. Yeah. That is all now one device. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. All he like just grabs like these huge things. Now I was just reflecting on it right now and I'm like, fuck, he took all of that and now all you need to do is just take away one thing. Yeah. And it has all of those. Yeah, are magazines even a thing anymore? I'm sure there are still Playboy and things out there, but people I may think, actually read that for the articles now. Well, because, I, no, because <laughs> I, Playboy actually has like decent reporting on like feminism. <laughs> okay, I'll take your word. For- That's what I've heard recently. Oh, okay. Yeah, recently. I don't know. Don't I don't read Playboy. Don't I'm not a reliable source on okay, that. Okay, that's fine. What I will say is that it's probably those magazines. Put that are, in the show notes. Joe is not <laughs> a reliable source for playboy content yes it's interesting because i feel like porno mags specifically are now they're almost like records like vinyl right something maybe to collect or there's a kitsch factor and like looking at some old or you have or the ones that are being made now are very like on the high art like on the fine art lens but it's like fine art but also hardcore yeah it's very beautifully lit felching it's just mm. look it up you have google.com listener yeah there we go your phone or your tablet or whatever away what is the thing that you engage it's funny my that is the one way like i was pretty good for the most part i would go out and do things with my friends but i was work and contributing to the house so there was a few times my mom tried stuff but that's one part where it's girl it's your fault that you've parentified me like with all mm. of your bad choices i love you and i respect you and i'm giving you money so i'm gonna do what i want to do that is the one part where i was a little more because i did i sacrificed a lot of working and by working instead of focusing on school and doing other things but i contributed to the house so i'm sorry she tried it like once but then i was like but how am i gonna go to work how am i gonna do this how am i gonna do that to help you with this family so how about no that's the thing is that <laughs> but ground- what was you were gonna ask what was your point no i only asked that because grounding doesn't really work like in a modern practical sense when like your kids have like brains and agency (laughs) yeah i don't even know like how yeah again i don't have any really close friends with kids i mean i have one but it's not that's a a whole other thing so yeah i don't know what grounding like looks like today or if that's yeah yeah my mom would try but again she was very inconsistent anyways Mm -hmm. so even if she grounded you she might forget yeah (laughs) or again it's i have to work i have to do things so sorry this isn't gonna work for me (laughs) And again, it's like I wasn't really doing anything too bad. At least that I wasn't getting caught. Like my siblings were dumbasses. So yeah. they were doing stuff and getting caught, but mm-hmm. I wasn't doing that serious of a thing. The usual sure. stuff. Yeah, we would find abandoned houses to drink in and stuff. But who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, since this does, does this. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it probably has. Problem. I think the invasion of the Capitol. There we go. Uh, I just, you know, I start in Ohio. They're just going to have bodies with really bad brains in them. So I just don't know if they're going to be able to get out of Ohio. Mm. <laughs> that actually would be a great, like, that should be a, a series or something where the invasion has already happened, but 
at the very end, you reveal we've already happened, but we can't seem to leave because the bodies that we're inhabiting are not functioning. <laughs> it's the remake of Stepford Wives, where it's like, where could I put a town full of robots that nobody would notice? Connecticut. Connecticut. <laughs> so yeah, if the alien invasion has happened, maybe we just can't tell the difference. I mean, it definitely... Having this movie set in Ohio and watching it when I was a teen in Ohio made it even more, oh, God, yeah, this reminds me so much of, like, high school in a lot of ways. And even seeing, like, the computers and the different... I went to a school that kind of looked like that on the inside as well. Sure, sure. And especially the, like, the high, like, wooden desks and the big fish tank, like, that whole sequence. Gosh, I think I was in that science class. (laughs) See, that's so... It wasn't filmed in Ohio, I don't think, but it just... It did... It felt like my childhood. But again, a lot of high schools look exactly the same, so... It's so funny because I feel like I, I don't have a concept for high schools that look like that because growing up not only on Guam, but in California, we don't have like massive indoor, all fully contained indoor high schools because Mm -hmm. of weather (laughs) and the elements, right? We have, it's some combination of indoor, outdoor, breezeway type situation. So it's fascinating to see someone, to know somebody who their actual experience of high school is what on the television. Yeah, look like my experience. Where's this? When I would watch movies set in California, or when, especially when I came here, mm-hmm. I went to a mall, and I'm like, "We're outside. <laughs> like this, mm-hmm. this isn't a mall. <laughs> yeah, but it is. But it's just like a different kind of mall. Because <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, we didn't have that. Like obviously in Ohio, because the fucking weather, it's gonna snow. You'd have like strip malls, but that's mm-hmm. not the same. I guess California r- malls remind me of a bunch of strip malls like stacked on top of each other. <laughs> I guess. Fair. That's very fair. <laughs> yeah, that's what um, Hazard Center reminded me of before they like changed. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, this is just a strip mall with elevators. What's going Or escalators. What's that's awesome. Here? Or Fashion Valley. It's like that too, because you are. You're just walking store to store. It's like, why even bother having these all in one place? You could just have built individual stores. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Oh, they did. And you have to go in T, La Vista, yeah, yeah. where there you will. Town center. Exactly. All right. That's enough. Uh, mm-hmm. it had, we got quite a, quite a conversation out of this. So I hope that you can hope you enjoy editing this one, Joe. I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> going to cut out all the parts that make you. Uh, oh, you're going to edit it. So I sound crazy the whole time. Just ranting about alien. I know you don't listen to the show, so you should. Uh, I do. I go through and listen just real quick. Every five minutes. Yeah. Like, if, like you're the F. Make sure things. <laughs> it's hard to listen to your own voice, but it's like I already had to do this conversation yeah. once. Uh, yeah. You know, imagine how I feel listening <laughs> I to your own voice. I know. Twice I have to listen to your own voice. I have to I listen. Know. I'm sorry. sorry. Uh, Our our (laughs) listener loves this talk. All right. All righty. Yay. I'm looking forward. We're Like I said, we're getting into spooky time month. So we're there. We're going to be... I'm excited for the lineup of films that we're going to discuss and the other things that we're doing. We have some fun things coming. Yeah. It's going to be a fun... It's going to be a fun fall. Thank you as always, Joe. And have a good night. Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davey Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. listening to the Geekscape Network.